Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It didn't matter how many times people told me I was running too fast on my easy runs. I kept doing it. <laughs> Sonia told me it was the most common mistake people make in running. Multiple times. And I went around telling people it was the most common mistake that everyone makes. Our members, my physio, they all said, you might be running a little bit too hard there on the easy days jar. And yet, I continued to do it. Apart from how stubborn and oblivious I am a lot of the time, why did it take 15 months of podcasting about running for this to go in? Today on Irishman Running Abroad with Sonia Sullivan, we take a look at why this simple piece of running advice, run easy on your easy days, is so hard for people, specifically myself, to adhere to. Whether there is a deeper issue with fixed and limited mindsets and how we can change that for ourselves and others if we're coaching them. But before we get to that, let's say hello to Sonia in Portland. How are you, Sonia? How are you doing? And happy birthday. Oh, thank you. This is the uh, the long weekend birthday. I think it's been going from Friday to Monday. <laughs> and, um, probably because I'm so far away from the rest of the world here, being eight hours behind Europe and well, Ireland, nine mm. hours behind Europe and so far behind Australia. Like they're always in the next day by the time we talk to them. Yeah. But yeah, it's been, been a good weekend. And uh, it's actually my last weekend here in Portland. I'm heading to uh, London, actually, on Tuesday. So really looking forward to that. Brilliant. And then on to I'm on to Ireland the following week for the European Cross Country Championships. And fantastic. Um, I'm in London because our German athlete Constance Kloster Holfen, or Coco, as she's known to many of us, she won the German trials on the weekend. I and saw so this. she's on the German team. Yeah, absolutely so smashed exciting. it as well. She won by a huge distance. She did, and they threw the. Women, senior women were in with the junior men and a few other men. And I don't know if you catch a clip at the start, but <laughs> those men, the men weren't given much respect to the women. No. You know, they were yeah. like, <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Out it there. Was fun. I know even at that level, you kind of think they'd be kind of, you know, like leave them to one side and, you know, we won't batter. But there was arms going everywhere. Yeah. It was pretty rough out there. So it's a, she's ready for anything now at the European Cross Country in um, just under two weeks time. Fantastic. And it's looking like I might actually get back there. I have started making this other podcast. I'm seeing another podcast on the side here from Irish oh, no. Man Abroad. <laughs> uh, Irish Life and myself have teamed up to make a series of kind of wellness conversations and Edwashin McConville on the first one. Ashling B was on the second one. These ones are specifically about your mental health and physical well-being. You can seek them out. Just do a little Google there. Or if you have the My Life app, it's handy enough to access it. But it looks like and a really exciting guest I can't say who looks like it might I might be in Dublin at the same time as you so I won't we won't know that until closer to the time I thought that uh, to start things off Sonia we'd introduce a new segment to the show where we go around the parishes to see what the members of the Irishman Running Abroad Strava Club have been up to this weekend. What are the runs that caught the eye of myself and Sonia over the past weekend from our members on strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman Abroad. 
Right, so let's start with who will I pull up here first? The first one that stood out for me was Sarah Kelly Polonio in the United Arab Emirates who ran the Abu Dhabi Marathon, her first marathon, in a time of three hours 14. A truly ridiculous effort on her first go at it. 14th female overall. Sarah, big shout out to you in the parish of Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. Who did you spot, Sonia? I have this fella here. He's in, um, in Belmullet, uh, near West, Westport Belmullet district. And uh, this is where uh, Sinead Divers, or Diver is actually from. Yeah. Um, Roar, hang on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a bit confusing because his name is Rory Tierney. Yeah. But he was running around Ben, ben Gurm. So it must be Blue Ben. It must be the mountain out yeah. there. I should have done, I should have actually done a bit of research and uh, dug in a bit more <laughs> to check out the mountain. <laughs> but he ran 10 kilometers and it took him five hours and five minutes. So I didn't know did he forget to stop his watch or it was very steep. <laughs> <It looks, laughs> What's going on out Well, look there? at the elevation gain uh, for Rory here. I'm looking at it as well. And it, he went up 753 meters. So clearly the, he's literally running up a sheer rock face. Fair play to you, Rory. In the in the parish of Westport Belmullet, one that stood out for me, Sonia, is an old friend of mine, Patrick Booth. Or actually, let's go to Neve Clifford first in Dublin, with twenty uh, five kilometers logged uh, on Sunday in a time of two hours and six. I just think that's around the Phoenix Park. She's doing that, and uh, like after uh, with everything that we're going to discuss here. I just can't believe sometimes when I look at the the paces that our members are running, she ran that at a pace of 4.54, which is, you know, that's not an easy run. That's like she's absolutely smashed 25 kilometers at a ridiculous pace there. So fair play to Neve. Did you have another one that caught your eye before we get to Paddy Boot? Well, there was a few people jumped out from the, um, the Dublin Intermediate Cross Country 8K. And um, that was in Tymon Park in Dublin. And um, it's interesting to see the different reactions from different people. So we had um, Aaron Mullen, he ran. It was his first cross-country race. It was very tough, but it was great to have it under the belt. And running around at, you know, under four minutes per kilometre is always pretty impressive. And then when you run a cross-country race like that, it'll say underneath, or even a road race, whatever you're running, who else ran with you so then oh, you can yeah. click on there and check who else is running around and so we also had Aaron Mullen running there and Kieran, oh no is that uh, I said Aaron, Aaron Mullen was the first Aaron guy, Mullen. Yeah. yeah we had Kieran Kelly and he was a bit quicker at 350 per 340 per kilometers and he was running for his team his first cross-country race in two years a lot of people returning to cross-country this year yeah after last year was off and then we also had Connor McCarthy and uh, he ran half decent but he wasn't too Oh, wait, it's in a big DNF. Oh, what happened there? yes, no, oh. yeah, I did hear about this guy and I did want to talk about this because... Oh, you better, he, you better go with this one then. Well, yeah, he didn't, he didn't finish it and he, he explains, and I think it's worth, we're not trying to shame you, Connor, but I just think it's so cool that he'd post it and just 
you know, this is the supportiveness I always think that's great about the Irishman running abroad running club is he said he was feeling rough the past few days. He has a young baby. He's up half the night with the child and uh, it just didn't come together for him on the day. But uh, we, I just thought it was worth giving this lad a shout out for getting out there and giving it a go, even though he knew I probably don't have this in me. He, he gave it a lash and for the time that he was out there he did he did quite well did you not have the same thought when you saw this especially as someone who's lived through that period of I'm not getting enough sleep which as we discovered in the uh, recovery episode is the most crucial part yeah well I think what you can kind of get trapped into going down through these things and looking at the pace and yes. not realising you know there's, there's another story behind it as well and I always laugh when I get kudos from people and, you know, I'm only standing out there holding a stopwatch, <laughs> barely moving. <laughs> and then somebody picks up on it and they say, yeah, good effort there. <laughs> Running, <laughs> not moving far in two hours. <laughs> not going anywhere. Um, uh, well, but it, this, that is, like, a big shout out to Connor. Like, uh, and I hope the baby is good as well. Uh, uh, have you ever had a DNF, Sonia? I did. I had a big DNF in 1996 at the Olympics. Of course, yes. Sorry <laughs> for bringing that up. That, <laughs> <laughs> those, those moments when you kind of, you know, wish there was a hole in the track you could just run into and disappear. <laughs> I can't and believe I, I asked sure. that question to be telling you. <laughs> oh, God. It that was probably the only one, I think. That's the, the only really, one I know That's of, literally the only time it ever happened. Wow. I think so. I can't remember any others. I, I, I did fall one time with 100 metres to go in a race in Paris. It was either a mile or a 1500. I was just get, getting myself up and ready to take on you know, the leaders and go for it. And yeah. the next thing I was on the track. And what and, happened? Um, you just I think wheels? I, I really don't know. I just went down. I remember Bull Merca was on the race as well from mm. Algeria. And we had a few battles together down over the years. And um, I remember I got up off the track and just walked on down. And I don't think I crossed the finish line. I think I just walked, you know, to the tunnel and headed out. And oh. next thing, she's coming behind me being carried off in a stretcher. Oh, God, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Well, it kind of puts Paddy Boots achievement of running 18 kilometres into the happening <laughs> place. Big shout out to Paddy anyway. He caught my eye there on in the group. Please, please do join the Irishman Running Abroad Strava group there to get even more from the podcast you get and perhaps a little shout out for yourself as we go around the parishes next week well Sonia we do need to talk about this main topic that we're getting into this week and this issue of running easy and the comparison nature of Strava is probably a part of why I was running so fast and not taking it easy on the easy runs but we can get into that in a bit I think uh, we should address the, the letter we received this week from Ashlyn Campbell. Dear Jarlath and Sonia, first of all, again, many thanks for a fantastic podcast, which has kept me going through some very dark times this year. Also loving the Marion McKeown episodes. Just wondering if you could do something on dealing with setbacks from a psychological point of view. In some ways, today's show is that. But Ashling has suffered some severe setbacks this year. She said, I got a, cal- how would you pronounce that? Calcaneal stress fracture in February. I spent several weeks in a boot. Then 
got a tibial plateau stress fracture in June after only a few walk runs. I mean, can you imagine how gutting that was? And then three weeks ago, I got a compression fracture in T12 vertebrae. I mean, this this one obviously takes place while she's out show jumping. But she says she's in midair and I felt pain go down and this sudden pain. To say I'll be happy to wave goodbye to 2021 is an understatement, Ashling says. I've been doing pool running and using the Alter G treadmill, which I've never even heard of. You might explain that one to me, Sonia. Totally relieved to be told by my doctor that I can keep doing this. So thank goodness for all the rehab. Hasn't gone to waste. I know a lot of runners and have come back from stress fractures. But uh, including yourself, Sonia, of course. I cannot wait to get back running. But obviously now... There is this fear, and I can totally relate to this, not just having another stress fracture, but also just how truly yucky running is going to feel at first. And also feeling that kind of crap pace on Strava when I used to run fast for my age. Your podcasts have really kept me going through a lot of stationary bike and pool running sessions. I'm really hoping I can get out to the meetup in April for the Sonia 10k down in Cove best wishes Ashling Campbell well thank you Ashling first of all for the letter what are your first thoughts there Sonia on that what an what a awful year she's had yeah no that's definitely a tough year and um, she's done well to you know I suppose find the distractions to allow herself to cross train and to keep going and doing other stuff and I think that's a big thing for a lot of people is that you have to accept where you're at and then you have to you know look for what not what you can't do but what you can do and then to go forward with that as best you can and then i think well the the alter g treadmill that's an interesting one i've actually never been on one myself i know exactly what they are and a lot of the athletes would use them here um, if they're coming back from injury or sometimes you might use it as a supplemental run and what they do is you get into the treadmill and then you pull up you put a pair of pants on you, like bike pants, and you zip yourself into this thing. And then you literally put your hands over, like it's like a, you pull up a big bag around you, and you yeah. press the button, and, and the whole thing fills with air, and it blows out like a balloon. I've got to Google this can... while you're talking. Keep going. <clears throat> it sounds mental. <laughs> but then you can, set, you can set the treadmill to... It's anti-gravity is what it is. And you can run then but not carrying your whole weight. So you can go at 90% or 80% or 70% or 50%. Oh and my God, so I'm you, looking at it, it now, yeah. It allows you to run weightless. And I think maybe it was developed for when people were going to the moon or to space so that they could get used to that feeling of weightlessness. And uh, then people obviously realize, oh, this, this is beneficial for sports. And a lot of, like, you know, professional teams would have these like a lot of the football teams in England would have them in their recovery rooms and so when athletes are coming back from injury they have access to this and so for runners it's a real benefit if you can get your I suppose access to one of these because it's just that thing that makes you feel like you're running even though it's a bit awkward and you have to bit, a bit awkward. it looks like like it's the strangest looking thing I've ever seen in my life it looks like you know those things where you see people who put on a costume where they look like they're riding a horse and they have the fake pair of legs hanging over them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. But I can totally see how this must be incredible if you can't 
put as much weight as you'd like on those legs or you're trying to build back after a stress fracture. But like I've lived through what Ashling lived through in terms of that fear of coming back. What do you say there to people who are living with that fear? She says, one, of getting a stress, fra- stress fracture again. And two, just of how awful running's going to feel for the first while. Well, I think, I suppose one of the things that would be useful is to try and determine why she's getting these stress fractures, because maybe there's some physical reason mm. apart from, you know, running. There may be some other reason that she may need to investigate, you know, why these are happening. Mm. And then once once you figure that out and you work to improve that and to try and stop it from happening again, then I think you just have to take very small steps and really like baby steps to get back. And, you know, to do that, you really have to just focus on yourself and you can't really compare, you know, what you're doing now to what you were doing before and and also not compare yourself to others. You really have to be a bit self-centered in a probably not a fun way because it's a very limited way, but you just have to detach yourself from you know, things you've done before, things that others are doing and just allow yourself to build back very, very slowly. And it's it's not easy, especially, you know, when you're kind of gradually doing it week after week and month after month. But then when you actually get yourself stronger because you've taken these small steps and you have a solid foundation of strength around, you know, all the areas that may be weak, then you look back and it actually, you know, it the time goes by quickly sometimes you know when you're looking back it always does when you're looking forward it can seem a long way away because it is fairly grueling and arduous to Mm. be doing all this cross training and and mentally it's really tough you know because i suppose you have that thing that running does give you a lift and a boost and that's where you know the alter g's can help if you can get on there a couple of times a week at least you have that running motion and it it's amazing it just does you know wonders for your yeah. your mental health just to get those endorphins to a degree absolutely and to feel really good you know you you gave me a piece of advice during my period with this and i would extend this to ashling and anybody who's trying to rehab and overcome this and it was when i really started to write things down and as you say looking back it stacks up quite quickly if you're being diligent and like there is a strength in that and there is a really nice feeling on a Sunday to look back on what you've done that week especially when you're really writing down how it felt as much as what you've done how you're improving in strength and uh, you know that that really changed it for me I have to say so I wish Ashling the very best of luck and any of you out there right now because it feels like sometimes Sonia as if there's as many runners as there is injured runners attempting to return from it and that's partially why today's topic is so so important because I could start to feel my body begin to break down a little bit over the last couple of weeks I had of course an 18k run a couple of weekends ago where I fully bonked and (laughs) arrived back at the house and Tina opened the door and said you look like shite she was like what have you just done to yourself Uh, where I was breathless going for a coffee afterwards and you know I was going well what's going on here I'm the fittest I've ever been I'm doing the plan that Sonia's asking me to do every week surely 
surely I shouldn't feel this rough. Then my hip started at me. I was just getting little, little twangs and stuff. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. And I don't know what possessed me to put my numbers into one of these runner's world pace calculators. And the numbers that came back, I was like, what? What is going on here? And I know you must be rolling your eyes right now going, how did you not know these numbers before? Because you had sent them to me. <laughs> I mean, I just couldn't believe how far away from my easy pace I was actually running. And part of that, Sonia, if I can put my hands on the table here and hold my hands up, whatever we want to do with your hands, is that I was trying to listen to my heart and keep if it felt comfy. I was like, well, that's your easy pace. But what I realize is that uh, that that's not actually what comfortable is at all. That that sense of I can I can do this is not what easy running should feel like. <laughs> I don't know where to start this discussion because, you know, you must have known for ages that I was running too fast on the easy runs. Well, I saw plenty of people commentating on some of your runs and saying, slow down, slow down, Charlotte, slow down. Yeah, I thought that was and, a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> You're so Well, fast. that's the thing. Yeah. That, that is the thing. I think we kind of interpret things, ne- negative things, we can interpret them positively. You know, you kind of see, well, I'm beating the times. Mm. And I think even when you look at these, like, different times that you can work out for yourself, you know, for different paces, for different efforts of runs during the week. Um, they, they give you the pretty easy one. You generally have a window. And um, I think I I looked up my own one yesterday and it was something like four or 5.21 to, you know, maybe six minutes or something like that. So, of course, I was running 5.19 pace, you know, per kilometer. Yeah. Not mile. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we we all want to beat the t- you know and, and I was feeling absolute rubbish out there yesterday like really bad <laughs> but I was convinced that I was running slow but somehow I think you kind of slot into this kind of rhythm that you know and you can before you know it you can be in a pace and you get just like you can be in a race or you can get stuck in a pace Mm. sometimes when you're trying to go slow you can get stuck in a fast pace yes and then if you look at your watch every now and then you know you need to slow down but you kind of think yeah but i'm actually running this pace now i, I need to maintain this and it's it's i don't know it's a weird thing i mean you've completely it, hit the nail on the head there the, like and i guarantee you there's people listening to this now going that's 100 percent it that you're out there going this is an easy Sunday run. But wow, look at me. Look at how fast I'm going. And I'm, and I'm not dead yet. <laughs> and there is a competitiveness with yourself. And there's also, I kind of feel like, for me anyway, I'm so new to running. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like I really haven't got a clue, a notion on any level. That there's some part of me, certainly, that thinks that running shouldn't be easy. And actually breaking away from that is what I've spent the last three days trying to do. It feels like you, you so you went out and do 519 at the weekend and you say it felt shocking. But there's some part of you that wants to feel shocking that was like, well, now I've really earned my lunch 
or whatever. <laughs> right? That is part of it, right? Well, I suppose part of it is that when you're finished, you feel good. Yeah. You know, and you say, uh, how was your run? Oh, great, it was lovely out there. But then you don't, you, you very quickly forget like the turmoil and the torture that you put yourself through out there. Yeah. Just pushing along. Like I was definitely breaking it down a lot yesterday. And as much as last weekend I was, or last week I was bragging about how good I felt after my half marathon running down the road. Like, you know, I was talked to on Monday, but then Tuesday and Wednesday, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't escape this delayed onset muscle syndrome doms you know where yes it was just sore and you know i should have expected it but you somehow think oh no i've got away with this this is great yeah these super but shoes are amazing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these it, it all came down i mean they were amazing and i was you know i just you know they allowed me to do things that i probably shouldn't have been doing <laughs> it's mm. a problem and when you're running on a hard concrete and you're not used to running on it and there's a fair portion of it is going downhill, then the impact on your quads is no fun at all. And anybody who's run in the Boston Marathon will know all about this. Mm. Um, you feel fantastic, but then you pay for it later on. And I was still paying for it yesterday. And, um, you know, it was you just kind of I know I'm sore, but then you push through it because, you know, it's not it's not an injury and it's not. A bad soreness it's just kind of something that's come about because of something you've done already you know you you know why it's there yes. so i suppose if you sometimes if you know why it's there you kind of think well that's okay <laughs> i know the reason and it's not traumatic or dramatic or anything like that it's just one of those things that you know you do something stupid and then you have to pay for it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying there because it's all bound up in this twist in your mentality or your headspace as to I don't deserve to or I'm not entitled to feel like this is a piece of cake that, you know, I'm when in fact everything that I've read over the weekend trying to bring myself around to this idea that when you do these when you do 80%, that's what they said. You correct me if I'm wrong on that. That 80% of your week should be spent running at this easy pace. And as I said, it's very easy to calculate what this is for you if you're listening now. There's loads of places, that, loads of websites that will allow you to calculate it. Some more accurate than others. But even Strava itself will do it for you based on your best time. And... 80% of your running should take place at this easy pace then once you've calculated it. But honestly, when I tried to do it on Sunday, it just felt all wrong. It just was like, this is so boring. <laughs> that was my first thought was, this is so boring. And I'm listening to my book, a couple of great book recommendations coming up later in the show. Listen to my book. The book's great, but like, there was nearly a sense, I don't know if you can relate to this or if you can help me and the listeners with this, that you're the whole time dragging the dog on the lead, that like the dog is knows the ball is out in front of it. But your body being the dog is going, come on, let, let's go. Now you're warmed up now. <laughs> let's do it. Let, let's properly run. And it's nearly like your body gets hyper, like like the puppy chasing the ball. And it's no crack going for a walk with a dog like that. <laughs> you want the, you want it to heal. 
Uh, but in the whole, the whole of Sunday's run was just spent going no, just saying no to myself the whole time, which honestly, I just didn't enjoy it. Is, is this normal? I'm not sure because I probably haven't gone slow enough <laughs> to do it. <laughs> so this is a relief. So you're telling me that you're guilty of this, too. <laughs> Everybody is. Everybody is. And sometimes it's, you know, I mean, a lot of the times if you put, plug your numbers into one of these things and I use this one, I have an app on my phone yeah. and I find I think it's really interesting. These I love to do it because it also will tell you, you know, the if you run a race, it will tell you it'll spit out, you know, where you're at and stuff for the different training, mm-hmm. um, you know, easy runs, interval runs, tempo runs, threshold runs, the works. Um, but then it'll also give you the equivalent and it'll tell you what you could run for the marathon or the 10K or the 5K. And I know that this is all a bit out there because, you know, it's not specific to the training that you're doing. So, you know, just because it says I can run a marathon in three hours and 20 minutes doesn't mean I could. Because yeah. I haven't done enough. I haven't done enough training to do that. Yeah, it's just but a at least, you know, you're, tra- you're, yeah. you're kind of if you put your mind to it and you followed a training program, then this is what you could realistically aim for. So I use this one, it's called VDOT, and it comes from uh, this fellow Jack Daniels, who I knew when I mentioned Jack to you, <laughs> that I'd get a whiskey question back straight away. <laughs> yeah. um, but Jack is a, uh, a renowned <laughs> coach over here in America, and he's probably, he's renowned internationally, but I know that Marcus O'Sullivan, who you interviewed recently, and Marcus told you all about this slowing down business and Didn't revelations listen. that he had when he slowed down. And so you weren't listening to him at all. Yeah. <laughs> you were just talking to him. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he follows the Jack Daniels program with his athletes at Villanova. And uh, one of his athletes actually, Haftu Strinross, who is from Australia, he ran very well on the weekend, finished ninth place at the NCAA Championships, which was absolutely fantastic. But, it, you know, it takes years of, you know, doing this kind of regular training at specific paces. And it's not a fast way of getting results. Like you definitely have to put in the, I suppose, the, the, the months and years of training to really get yourself strong enough to be able to be rewarded for all the efforts that you put in and and that's the thing is to convince the athletes to like as marcus says is to buy into what you're telling them so i've been having a few chats with marcus about this because i'm really interested and you know you see you can see certain athletes who really need to kind of take a step back and do this because they tend to be pushing the boundaries a bit too much all the time and this is at the high level now. So there must be plenty of people out there at all levels doing the same doing thing. Doing the same thing. Well, let's, um, let's hold it there, Sonia, because we do we do have a lot to get through there in the second half of the show, because I want to know what lies on the other side of this. Like if I do this and I do commit in the way you and Marcus are saying to really observing a slow, easy pace, what is there on the other side of that for me? How is this going to affect my fast times, my race times, the stuff that everybody, no matter what their level, uh, is really gunning for, interested in knowing is, is it worth it doing it this way? And like, what does the 
what are the results that we're going to enjoy. So that's all available for you to enjoy as a member if you support the show. The show can't go on without your support. It's that simple. The only way Irishman Abroad is here is through the proud support of our patrons uh, on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. And so many of you have come over there and started to enjoy the benefits, including fully illustrated notes bonus content every single week a full extra half an hour chat with myself and Sonia an extra 30 minutes in all our other episodes each week Irishman in America and Irishman Abroad on the Sunday big interview with Ivana Lynch last Sunday so come on over this is the week to do it you'll have loads of stuff to listen to when you're trying to avoid your family this Christmas <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad but before we leave everyone on iTunes and SoundCloud Sonia do you have a tip of the week Tip of the week, 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 tip of the week. It's Sonia's tip of the week. I'm not sure now if we've discussed this one before, but or if we've, I know we've we've spoke about this in in some variants out there, since there's lots of variants floating around at the moment. But I always think it's a great idea to write things down, and you know I think even though we're talking about paces here and you can look up the app and you can see all the different things. I think if you have to really think about it and get it inside you, I think to write it down. And I've done something for myself actually this week. And it's funny, I can, it's great, you know, I suppose that I am still able to run at a half decent level and enjoy it. And that I can go out and test these theories and work it out. I gave you a session this week it's a pretty hard session. I <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about these things. Was, was that too hard? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you sent that very late at night. I was like, what? <laughs> well, no, I wrote it. I wrote it actually before I went to bed last night. Okay. But then I didn't want to. I didn't want to send it too early for you, so that it might be waking you up too early if your phone was on. So then, when I woke up at one point and I knew it was in there, and I thought I'd send this on now before we talk today yeah <laughs> and you'd have a look at it it's so the real I'm going to deal. do a similar thing ladder session that i've given you yeah but your one is much yours is actually a hard session whereas mine is an easy session oh, because for that. i'm i'm trying to work out the paces so what i'm going to do so the, the session the ladder session and we're writing this down mm-hmm. at the tip of the week so that you get it into you. and i've done a little piece of paper here and a piece of cardboard to put in to my running shoe bag for later yeah. so it's a mile a 1200, an 800, and a 400. And so I decided to work things out. I'm going to do the mile at the marathon suggested pace for me, the 1200 at threshold, the 800 at an interval pace, and then the 400 at what you would do for repetitions. And I think this is, hopefully this will teach me what it's like to run the paces correctly. Um, now I'm hoping that I'm not going to be too sore to get out there and do this properly today. But I think the paces are fairly realistic, fairly achievable. So I've written down the distances I'm going to do and the times I'm going to do. And then when I look at this and I thought, the times I've given Jarlett now are much faster than this. <laughs> so how is he going to manage that? <laughs> well, we'll we'll see. We'll we will, have to we have a look. It, we can, 
we, we, so we can both write it down and we can compare notes next week exactly. and see how we get on. Or, we, we, or later in the week, I'll be checking up on you. Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, mine will appear. If people are interested, mine will appear, obviously, on my account on Strava. This is a Tuesday session, so it'll be the session that goes up today if you're interested in having a look to see how I get on with this ladder session. To remind you there what it is, is uh, 1,600 metres at seven minutes, she says, 1,200 metres, five minutes, 17, 800 at 3.31 and 400 at one forty-five with two minutes jog in between. Thank you so much, Sonia, for the two minutes <laughs> recovery in between. I can't agree more with the writing it down thing. And when we talked to Cahal Dennehy about Kipchoge and uh, Kip to get the whole camp and the writing things down, I've started to write down absolutely everything in relation to the run or the session. And I mean, like, you know, the weather, the shoes, the socks, the breakfast and, you know, the headspace. And honestly, it really does help. Uh, I've recommended this notebook a few times and I will put it in the notes. It's an incredible notebook that was given to me by Enda McNulty, the uh, famed sports psychologist and uh, motivational speaker. Uh, I will put that in the notes as well. It's a great well-being and training notebook that I think everybody should get their hands on. Uh, it sounds like uh, you're either pouring a drink or doing something else there in the background, Sonia. <laughs> we, will, we will finish this chat over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Come on over and support the show. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. 